0: Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are back with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. This is a special edition today. I am here with, I am your co-host, Renee Small, um, cybersecurity super recruiter, putting amazing cybersecurity talent into awesome opportunities and helping managers and leaders hire wonderful security talent. And I am here with a super special person today, Julie Broadway. Say hi to everyone, Julie.
2: Hi, hi everyone.
1: She is the deputy director at Federal Career Connections and Federal Career Connections helps people get into the federal government. And we know from talking to you all all the time, the security peeps on here always have questions around how to break into the government. So, Julie, tons of questions are going to be coming for you. Yay! (laughs) Are you ready?
2: I am ready. Thank you so much for having me on. We're really excited to partner with you and to share the vast knowledge that we have from from our group. So thank you so much.
1: Name here. Super duper excited. So um, let's get started with share with me how you um, got into doing what you do now. And, you know, how did you get into this space? And then like, let's talk a little bit about some of the myths around um, federal government hiring and just entering into the world of the federal government.
2: Absolutely. Um, so I am 16 years into the federal government and it was You know, I think that there are a lot of different paths to come. I chose the student path. So back in the day, if you're a veteran to any kind of federal service, you might have remembered the student temporary program where we weren't given anything. All you got to do was get paid to work. Um, No benefits, no education, you know, benefits or anything like that. So I actually got my start um, with that in military personnel, to be honest, and spent a few years there. Got to work with some amazing leaders in the Air Force. Um, Got lots and lots of learning. I have an English degree, so I got to do some speech writing. It was a great start to my career um, and a great way to balance college while working at the same time and building my resume together. And so I actually started about two weeks after high school. So this has been my life. Um, I am a public servant. All, all in my heart, and so I'm really excited for the things that you shared about your community and their want to come and serve as well because we need some really great, more really great dedicated servants um, in the um, federal sector. So moved around a lot throughout my career um, in, in federal HR, um, went up through the student program and have progressed through there. And so I've been everything from a generalist to a recruiter data quality, um, HRIT transformation, um, and now I'm in executive resources. So very excited, a wealth of knowledge. But in this particular case, I'm surrounded by a huge wealth of knowledge and experience in the co-leaders that I have in Federal Career Connection. So as you said, we're an all-volunteer program, and we consist of a cadre of federal subject matter experts and hiring managers. So you really get a good perspective of both of the things that are going on. Um, you get that recruiter perspective, you get the operational HR. So all the questions I think we'll talk about today are definitely under my lane. Um, and then you get the hiring manager, you know, what do they wanna see when they look at resumes? Um, what kinds of things stand out to them um, as far as interviews, your resume, the process itself. So we just have a really great group of, of public servants, um, both retired and current. Um, that are out to serve and really bring some great information and dispel some of the myths that we have about our process. So that's just a little bit about me. Um, so really excited to to delve into what questions um, you may have and um, what your audience has today.
1: No, I was going to say that's, that's amazing. You know, just having this Having you and the resources at FCC, Federal Career Connections, and all of the different types of folks that, you know, bring together that expertise is wonderful. And because you've already been, since you've done so much and have been in so many different roles, I think it's going to be really, really helpful. Um, I'm going to shout out to all the, the folks here. Um, we have a lot of people here already. Alex, your are Co-lead partner in crime, he's excited for today's interview. Claudia, good morning, Claudia. Hi, BB. These are all our regular people. Ben, Ooh. hey, Ben, he's always on here. Please start asking your questions. Everybody, start chiming in. So Danielle, hi, good morning, Danielle. And I think this is Gina. She ends up coming up oh. as LinkedIn user. So uh Julie, we're I, I would love to start. Do you want to start t- with um, the myths? Some of the myths. Sure.
2: Absolutely. Um, so I would say the biggest myth that I would I would love to get to the audience. I'm sure that there are some veterans of this process um, coming into it. But I think the biggest question I hear is, am I like, what about my age range? Um am I too old to enter federal service? We have a job for everyone. Um, everything from office administration to nuclear scientists. We've got a job in over 350 different series, not only on the professional side, but on the wage, the the white collar and the blue collar sides as well. So if you want to serve, we have an opportunity for you. Um, Another myth is you have to have a degree. No, um, I think one of the things we talked about in prepping for this conversation was the new executive order. And so I think you've actually seen that shift um, a lot over the last few years. And we did this in like ramp up to use education um, and put a lot of parameters in place to have degrees. And now we're kind of shifting back. um, And we have for a couple of years now in looking at skills and knowing that we have just a wealth of knowledge and experience in the private sector where you may have grown up a different way. Um, If you're following the private sector and how they're hiring, they've been doing this for a while. So I think this executive order is really going to transform our hiring processes. You're going to hopefully see um, a lot of increased authorities available, maybe some efficiencies in our processes. So we'll we'll see what comes out of it. Um, I know that's probably a question that will come up, but we're still waiting on OPM, the Office of Personnel Management, and to weigh in on that and to provide us some additional guidance. So really look forward to, to seeing what that brings about. Um, but for your community specifically, we have authorities already available, um, the cyber authority, um, the IT's, IT authority, there's public hiring authorities as well, veterans, students, however you need to break in, we probably have a path already there. It's just educating yourself um, on what that path is and optimizing it to your potential.
1: Yeah. So George says, good morning, everyone. Let's break those myths.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so big themes and um, some highlights, not to jump around. So I'd love this to continue to be a dialogue. Um, but there's definitely some differences between our processes. So if this is your first time hearing about the federal process, I highly recommend you get out there and Google federal hiring resumes or federal resumes in general, because there's definitely some differences. And I wrote down a couple notes, that I wanted to make sure that everybody um, just remembered if this is your first time creating your federal resume or perhaps you just haven't had a, a lot of luck in your own hiring and um, the process that you've um, participated in. So just a few things, just remember that we're a narrative based um, resume. Those corporate resumes are not gonna, gonna necessarily cut it to get through HR because you're gonna be going through an HR specialist as well as a hiring manager. So you gotta sell yourself to both. Um, So for HR, I love to talk about it, and it's you're selling yourself to your specialized experience requirements. Making sure that you touch upon those requirements that are listed in the job announcement, it's going to blow them away and you'll quickly get through the HR piece of it. The hiring manager is a little bit different. That's where you wanna have it really well formatted, have a nice flow, Highlight those accomplishments, and um, which we can talk about in just a second. Um, but also make sure that it's presented in a way that that really showcases how amazing you are, why you're the best fit for a position, and what you can do for that organization.
1: So. <laughs> Gosh, so
2: awesome. Yeah, oh, okay, I see it. Claudia says, I've applied to posting the new jobs with a 12 month register. What exactly does that mean? That's a really great question. Um, so, we do get that a lot at Federal Career Connection. What do these different lengths of announcements mean? Um, so, a 12 month register is where, and it's it's kind of a cadre of applicants. So, it doesn't necessarily mean we have a position open at this time. But it means that we're planning for it. Um, a lot of times we have uptake in needs. Um, specifically, HR right now is a, is a hiring need in the Department of Defense. Um, and so you'll see some of these 12-month or six-month registers where we can just start polling. So make sure that you're applying to those registers if they're for a particular um, series or a position that you're interested in, because we do pull from those um, and look at the applicant pools available. Um, but it also shows us what talent is out there. So just because you may not hear something very quickly on those registers, please make sure you're putting your information out there, because that is a, a great way to for a hiring manager to, to pull something when the time comes in a very expeditious manner. I hope that answered your, your question, Claudia. Um, definitely let me know. Um,
1: I think it did. I think it did. Can you hear me okay? Is that better?
2: I I can hear you. Okay.
1: Um, So Bibi wants to know, four years ago, I spent many hours applying for federal jobs and got no response. The application process is tedious. Why?
2: Well, um, so that is definitely a a great question. Um, In common, um, you are not alone. Um, Even federal employees as we have to apply for, you know, promotion opportunities and things like that, we, we feel it as well. But I will say in 16 years, we have gone light years from where we were when I first started. And um, so the biggest piece of it is that we have an obligation to you as private citizens who pay our taxes um, as well as fund us to ensure that we're doing things in an equitable Um, fair and um, transparent manner. So when it takes a long time to get through a process, it's not only so that we can ensure qualifications are um, done correctly, but ensure that you are provided an equal opportunity, that the hiring manager does things in an equitable manner, and that we are communicating throughout the process, which I know is definitely one of those things that comes up in conversations um, we do communicate with you, and um, so make sure if you don't hear back from us that you're you're reaching out to your the HR contacts on those job announcements to get your status updates. Um, but it is definitely lengthy. It gets um, it's gotten better over the years. Um, but we we definitely with the amount of applications that come in, it just takes a little bit um, to get through and make sure that if you send any request to us that we are doing things um, very transparently and equitably.
1: So Rishi, thank you for that. Rishi says yeah. it's very hard to network with LinkedIn individuals. So I think he means like federal LinkedIn, federal employees on LinkedIn.
2: Okay. That,
1: that might be his comment. Um, Danielle said, isn't there matrices in federal resumes?
2: Um, so uh, Danielle, could you give me a little bit more or has this question come up, Renee, before um, you could give me a little bit more information about what you mean by that? I think I could better um, answer that question.
1: Okay, perfect. Um, Doherty wants to know, what if you want to volunteer, but volunteering positions are not posted? How do you go about that?
2: Well, that is an interesting um, question. And I am not 100%, but what I would tell you just from my own experience um, is that you would need to work directly with that organization. So public records are out there for you to be able to contact those organizations. So if there is Um, a particular organization you're looking for, um, perhaps FEMA, um, or um, I know um, Health and Human Services has um, volunteer opportunities. We have them in the Department of Defense. Um, I would say reach out to those organizations, maybe start with a job announcement that has a a phone number on it, um, or an email. And a lot of times, ninety. 99% 99% of the time you're going to get an HR specialist who's just as passionate as those of us at Federal Career Connection and we're going to help you regardless of whether it's in our path or not cuz that's what we are we're here we're here to bring the human into the organization so definitely reach out and and see what opportunities are available and how what their maybe internal processes are for doing that
1: awesome so Andre says, I was a GS-12 in the Air Force Reserve, but was separated in 2015 due to a brain tumor. How hard is it to get back in? I was a, a GS-12, series. And to add on to his question, I wanted to ask you what series means when you said series, because I don't know.
2: Absolutely. And so a job series is how we categorize our positions. So they're going to be a four-digit number. And um, so as you see, Andre put the um, 201 one. They're always going to be four digits. And um, so typically zero comes before most of them. Um, and that's just how we categorize them so that we can we can keep our policies and um, our descriptions in order. And it allows you to do searches um, with more deliberancy as you go through USA Jobs. Um, knowing your series is by far one of the most inc- most important things you can do in your job search. Um, And I have a resource for everyone participating today that Renee is going to post for you that details out some of the um, common terms, hiring authorities, um, specifically the ones that are for cyber as well, um, and um, what different types of things mean, like when we talk about public announcements, um, merit promotion, the different types of authorities, um, what does accepted versus competitive mean, I think this resource will be really great for you to kind of delve into what that means for you um, in the future. Um, But to Andre's question about how hard is it to get back into a series, you haven't been gone that long. So um, if you were a career um, tenure, so a tenure one on your um, SF50 when you left, you have lifetime reinstatement rights back into federal service. So get out there, network, have your resume ready, um, and then look for job announcements that are open for merit promotion candidates um, and reinstatement candidates. You're going to be able to um, apply to those and return back. You have return rights back to um, the GS-12. Um, anything else you'll have to apply for under um, any other authorities. But I would assume as a veteran um, that you have a DD-214 and maybe you a VA letter, So definitely get out there and explore your veterans um, employment authorities so that you can optimize those authorities to your advantage.
1: Thank you so much. So when you're looking at the series, you said it's a four digit number. Um, (laughs) And Claudia, she just made a comment, too. So this is this is really good because it's really, really specific. I was a G.G. 0132-12 mm-hmm. in 2004, can I get reinstated as a GG 2210-12 or 13 today? So please turn this into English for us. What
2: do this means? <laughs> oh, Claudia, great question. Um, so GG is a pay plan, just like um, the general schedule, the GS is. Um, and, um, but what the GG is, is Intel. So you're definitely in a great series before, Claudia, and... Looking forward to the future, definitely the GS as well. Um, there are some differences between Intel, and um, which is Title 10 um, and Title 50, um, as well as um, regular Title 5 GS, which is where a ton of our positions are. Most of the GS positions you see will be under Title 5. So if you're a policy guru and want to get out there and read, um, definitely some frameworks to look into um, but reinstatement um, from Intel is different because they're accepted service. And um, so that's one of the biggest differences um, that I think that you should be aware of when you're applying for positions is that um, competitive service means you've competed for a job. You've gone through the process um, and you have certain appeal rights when you you leave or um, come back to positions. Intel is more um, Intel and Accepted Service is more of a fluid process. It allows us to hire you faster. Um, It allows us to get specific needs. Um, Typically, Accepted Service agencies are going to be in intelligence, but cyber is one of those that is coming forth as an Accepted Service um, service. And um, you'll see those positions as you're applying. Um, It allows us to sometimes pay you more. It allows us to attract different skills with expediency. Um, and provides us just more flexibility to retain you as well. So there isn't really um, a correlation with reinstatement, Claudia, but definitely because the 2210 has a hiring authority um, for it, um, a direct hire authority for it that's government wide. There's there's really no um, there's really no ceiling for you to be able to get in get back in regardless of your history. So that is, you're definitely in a great career field. All of you are, um, and there are flexibilities right now um, and have been for several years in order to to get you in um, without having any of the um, previous parameters that some of us have to deal with. Okay, awesome. More questions coming.
1: Terrence says, did you talk about direct hire? Also, if anyone is interested in being a cybersecurity service provider experience and would like to be connected with, JFHQ-DODEN, what is what is that? What does that mean?
2: Well, JF- I, would, I would assume that that is an organization. So I think Terrence will have to, um, to give us a little bit more information about that. Um, all these acronyms, I think that's the biggest thing I learned in coming into federal services. Every agency has their own acronyms. Um, HR, we have our own acronyms. <laughs> and sometimes we use them in multiple ways, so it gets confusing. Um, so, um, But to answer, Terrence, your question about direct hire, so direct hire is um, our ability for you to, if I was a hiring manager or an HR specialist at a recruiting event, you're gonna hand me your resume and say, I am, you know, um, qualified for um, cybersecurity and you're hiring for cybersecurity. Here you go. And a lot of times we can hire on the spot, which is great. Um, direct hire is exactly what it means. We are directly hiring you nine times out of ten um, in a recruiting event. They're not competitive um, in as much as the competitive process that you see on USA Jobs for those positions Um you can see direct hire announcements on USAJOBS, but that doesn't mean if you go to a recruiting fair that you won't be picked up right on the spot. So you still have to meet the qualifications, you still have to go through a vetting process, but it's just a way for us to you know, gather those resumes um, in a more, again, a more expeditious manner so that we can get the right talent at the right time. There you go, General Force Headquarters, DOD tons of different um, organizations and departments. And as high as you can be, you never always know what all of them mean. So thank you, Terence, for, for giving us um, that acronyms um, meaning.
1: And he says she has her 10 positions are open.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, and the DOD, we have over 900,000 civilians. Um, so the fact that there are, um, we're the largest federal agency Um, So the fact that we have um, so many different offices, I couldn't possibly tell you all of the names. It's just like federal agencies. You really never know what's out there. Um, So don't don't limit yourself to a specific agency. Really go out and look. Um, You may have to go out and search um, different federal organizations. There are great lists of them um, with quick Google searches that will tell you, you know, just comprehensively how many agencies we have. Um, and sometimes they um, they post those announcements on their internal sites. Um, Intel is one of those um, entities that typically uses their own recruitment sources. So don't limit yourself to USA Jobs, get out there and educate yourself on what organizations are hiring in your career field and, and see what their internal processes as well, are as well.
1: Perfect. I'm still hearing an echo on my side.
2: Um I'm good. Hear it. Yeah, no, I don't hear it. So I, I think I'm good.
1: Folks, if I'm not, if I don't sound clear, please let me know. Please let me know if you can hear me clearly. So Keith says, I was a JAG officer in the Army and since practiced law and worked in various corporate roles and using my legal experience. I also have studied written articles and given presentations on cyber matters. How do I get into the federal service?
2: <laughs> oh, the, big, the big question of the day is how do you do it? Um. Well, my, my top I won't say top five or top three hints is the first thing you need to know are what authorities are available to you. Um, USA Jobs may be um, a little um, comprehensive at times, um, but there's a lot of information on there to help you get started with your search. So if you scroll to the, like, towards the bottom of the, the home page, the first thing you're gonna see is hiring authorities. So I would say get out there. Um, it sounds like you're a veteran just from your description. Educate yourself on the veterans hiring authorities, um, and then the others that are within your career field. Um, That's the first, the very first thing, knowing where you can, like what announcement you should and could apply for. is equally as important as making sure your resume has all the qualifications in it. Um, The next thing, make sure you have USA Jobs account. Um, optimize the search engines that are available, the notifications that are available to you so that you're not constantly out there searching for it um, and make sure that you're using that platform to its greatest ability. Um, And the last thing, um, and of course, if you have any other questions, just let me know. The last thing I would recommend is educating yourself on those job series. Um, Keith, it sounds like you've had just a, a huge history in a lot of different areas. So it's, um, we talk about this a lot at Federal Career Connection. Um, what is your calling? If, if you want to get into cyber, that's awesome. Then you need to tailor your resume, your previous experience to push you in that direction. Um, if you want to go in a multitude of different directions, if you want to go back into law or anything in that um, career field, um, or if you want to do cyber and IT and lots of different things, you may have multiple resumes. Um, I think some of my friends who are in the private sector, I hear a lot about how they revise their resume all the time. But remember, this is your application. In the federal government, we do have a standardized application process, and that is your resume. So make sure if you are going for different theories, um, if you're trying to you know, work through, you have a different um, background that encompasses lots of different types of of positions um, that are in the federal service, that you have a different resume to really outline and showcase your amazing experience and expertise to ensure that hiring manager is attracted and and wants to have the first and the second and the third interviews with you.
1: That's a great answer. I'm really curious, Keith, what a JAG officer, what does JAG stand for? There's so many acronyms.
2: So they're the one, so they're the military, um, legal. Okay. Uh, DAG is the the military, um, the legal office. So love them, work with them all the time. And typically you have civilians in them as well. So, um, it depends on where you are. So Keith, if you're a veteran, definitely get out there and explore your veterans hiring authorities. Um, and if you were civilian, definitely go into and look at what, um, reinstatement rights you may have back into federal service.
1: Perfect. So Trevin White says, what has the federal government done to try to eliminate people hiring friends with little to no experience over people with experience? Getting a position in the federal government is hard enough as it is. I gave up many years ago.
2: Well, I hate to hear that, Trevin. Um, Forgive me if I mispronounce anyone's name, Um, but we continue to work through our processes. That's why we have... um, continuous process improvement reviews, continuous policy reviews. Um, the role of the Office of Investigations, the OIG, um, plays a huge role in ensuring that we are maintaining a fair and equitable hiring process. Um, I can't say that there aren't um, problems that we will always have, um, but we do continue to strive to ensure that we're hiring, the most qualified individuals into positions. So if it's been a few years since you've tried, um, I would say just get back on the bandwagon. And there are just increasingly numbers of positions in the federal government, and um, especially in this particular career field um, over the last few years, and undoubtedly what is coming in the future. So please don't give up. We know it's a very um, lengthy process, um, it takes me a little bit of time to get through an application process to ensure that I'm meeting the requirements that they're looking for. I'm retailing my resume a little bit to ensure that I'm articulating um, my experience in the best way possible, um, but also to ensure that everything in there is, is ready for HR to look at it. So, so don't give up. Um, the best part about being in HR is that I get to hear these amazing stories, like from you, Trevin, where you've really worked hard to get in and gone through this process and applied for hundreds and hundreds of job announcements. And for me to be able to call someone like you and give you a job um, after so much time, it just, it makes my day because I know how how difficult it is to, to get your foot in the door. But we really don't want you to stop. We want you to keep applying. And Please come out and see us at recruiting events. They happen all the time, and they're still happening virtually. So don't give up. We need you. So <laughs> that is my that's my mantra. We need you. And you just don't ever know what unique experience or things that may be needed, and it's just a matter of time before you're going to get that job offer.
1: I wanted to know how long, this is a good pivot into, how long does it typically take to create an application Um in like USAJOBS.gov when you just described that it is a lengthy process, what does that typically look like?
2: So filling out the profile shouldn't take too long. Um, I think the biggest thing that may take people a little bit of time is figuring out what job series they are, um, that are applicable to them. So in the resource I'm gonna provide, I'll give you the OPM classification um, standards and it's gonna give you a breakdown of every single one. Um, so as you're looking for keywords like cyber or legal or HR, it's going to tell you what those theories are so that you can delve into a little bit more about how we classify, which is meaning how we create our position descriptions, which tell us what the duties are and the requirements. Um, but provide a really great overview of that particular position to say, you know, maybe you want to go back to school and become um, a financial management specialist, um, and you've been in HR for years, um, You know, maybe there's a career transition for you um, based on something you've never seen before. So that should help. But the mm-hmm. resume is definitely the lengthiest part of this process. Um, please note that you do not have to use the, o- um, the USA jobs, OPM resume builder. Um, and in fact, we don't necessarily promote it. Um, because it doesn't give you the opportunity to really format in a way that optimizes your experience and accomplishments. Um, Sometimes it leaves a lot of white space. They are definitely working on this. And if you go to any OPM public forums, this is something that we talk about a lot um, and they get brought up a lot. So definitely go to those forums and give your feedback for improvements to USA Jobs. But feel free to upload your own resume. Um, make sure that you're including um, that you're reading through that announcement. Some agencies do require to, you to use the form builder. But for those who don't or don't specify it, use your own. Make sure that you know you're, you're able to showcase your experience in the best way possible using your formatting like folding and italicizing, highlighting, use those bullets to really make it shine. Um, and that way you can you can really use that space to the, the best of your ability. Um, So, yes, the resume is the lengthiest part of it. You're constantly updating it, making little tweaks. I'm constantly updating mine, making little tweaks. Um, But that's because you have to tailor, almost tailor to every type of job announcement, which is why I say multiple resumes for different types of positions. So if you are legal um, versus cyber, you're going to have two different types of resumes when you're applying, showcasing those different strengths and highlighting your accomplishments. So yes, it can, it, that part of it can be very lengthy, but you can do it. I have no doubt in my mind. It just, it takes a little bit of effort up front. <laughs> Julie's so energetic. <laughs> I love it. This is my passion. This is my passion. And it's, it's certainly, you know, I think that a lot of the things that i see coming throughout the comments um, is as well as just things we hear in federal career connection is the length of the process how hard and how long they've been applying for positions why am i not getting referred and, and that's something that our organization really does help with is, is talking through some of those situations to help you um maybe overcome some of those hurdles maybe it's that You're not showcasing your um, all of the requirements of the announcement, looking at the questionnaire, looking at the requirement section for the specialized experience requirements and incorporating those into your resume. It's just one of those essential things to get through HR and get to that hiring manager. So a lot of it is just education and then a lot of work to kind of go through and make sure that, that you're meeting the requirements.
1: So Trevin says, thanks for the response. I'm a retired Air Force veteran with a 10 point preference and over 20 years of experience in cybersecurity and can never get looked at for positions. So, wow,
2: Trevin. thank you for it's your like, service.
1: Yeah, such a qualified, awesome person. And I yeah. think this is like, you know, some of his frustration and what we what, what I've been hearing personally is that, you know, it's just so difficult and um we're really, really happy you're here to kind of tell us and walk everyone through and kind of give us the tips, give us the shortcuts, if there are any hacks, anything that um, that you can provide. And then Cedric also adds in, I'm in the same position as Trevin. I left the federal government due to EEO issue. I'm currently a cyber IT compliance Man- manager in the civilian sector. Um, I wanted to just add that a lot of people, civilian, you know, people who are people who are in um, the commercial side, it's very, very um, difficult for them to take, you know, this long, long, long duration of time to get into the federal government side, especially when they have like recruiting professionals like me (laughs) reaching out to them. Like they don't have to do anything. It's like, okay, we'll take your LinkedIn profile. Okay. You know, so it's just this really... um, it's a nut that we're all try, trying to figure out, like, how do we crack this? Um, and how do we hack this, this, this situation and, and figure out how to get people who are actively looking to do this into um, the federal government space? One question I had that I saw, I believe Bell had as well, she wanted to learn about the open houses. And I want specifically about these virtual career fairs that you said are currently happening right You know, during COVID and everything, right?
2: So absolutely can you
1: talk about that. Like, what? How do we find out about those um, career fairs? And absolutely,
2: yeah. So, if you look on USA Jobs, um, a lot of us that use USA Jobs um, are, are posting our events on there. So, if you scroll to the bottom and go to events, not only does OPM host events for interviewing, um, creating your USA Jobs account, and how to write a federal resume. But we post our virtual events as well. Well, virtual and hopefully soon in-person events as well. Um, But to be honest with you, if you have a specific agency that you're looking for, get on their agency specific sites. Go out and Google. I I cannot tell you nine times out of ten how much you will find when you Google cybersecurity job fairs. Um, Be very specific in your Google searches. And it may take you a few minutes, but I think you're going to find... more often than not, as we go into, we're still getting used to this virtual environment um, and across the federal space, but more than likely you'll, you'll start to see more and more recruiting events happening virtually as we go along. Um, so just feel okay. it out, know that we're trying, we're working very hard um, to get the information out there um, because we've been so actively in the communities and you know across the world recruiting. Um, this new environment is definitely new to us as well. And we've had to take a step back, um, look at our processes, and see where we can really start to outreach um, in a more strategic manner. So just give us a little bit of time, keep searching for those announcements, check your agency specific sites, check USA Jobs, and use Google. That is, I, I can't tell you, that'll really help you out. Perfect.
1: I've- I want to make sure, did I go over Claudia's question? Is there a template or directive for the interview process? Did we do that one?
2: No, we did not. But that is a really great question, Claudia. Um, So there's not a template or a directive I could point you to. Um, It's up to a hiring manager whether or not um, they want to conduct an interview um, from a holistic standpoint. Now, if an agency has specific requirements There's too many agencies for me to go through and so and then internal to that agency offices may have requirements for interviews so big rule of thumb be prepared for behavioral based questions be prepared for talking about your history. And um, always just, you know, make sure that you're looking through that job announcement, um, the questionnaire when you're preparing for your interview, because a lot of times we're going to re-talk about some of the things that you've already answered questions about. Um, so having that, um, the, what I do is I typically print out that questionnaire and I make notes about my experience, um, maybe just little bullets that I want to take with me to my interview um, so that I can remember to highlight some of those things when I go into an interview process. Don't ever not think that you can't take um, a notepad or your resume or some you know bullets with you um, to help prepare you for those conversations because I don't know about you, but I get nervous when I go into interviews, and even it's with this people I know, I know my job just like you guys are, you know, amazing experts in your career field. Um, but there's something about that room that I think intimidates people. Um, but I think the one thing that we definitely promote, um, probably the most at Federal Career Connection, is that you're interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you. Um, so knowing as much about an organization, getting out there and and kind of stalking their their websites to learn what their priorities and initiatives are, you may find that that um, Maybe a particular organization is not a great fit for your values, um, or maybe um, the direction that they're going is not necessarily where you see see yourself in the future. So educate yourself on them. Educate yourself on what they're looking for as far as what they put into the job announcement. And holistically, all of that together is going to allow you to go into an interview with um just more than what 90% of people do um, being able to ask those great questions at the end um, about particular initiatives or things going on in an organization will help you to outshine your, your competition by far. So do your research, be prepared for behavioral based questions. That is just a big one that has become, you know, one of those incorporated questions over the last few years, Um, being able to handle conflict Teamwork, um, how you handle di- um, difficult situations, multitasking, prioritizing your work. Those are just big ones that come up generally. But there are a lot of great prep questions if you do some, some searching. And I would highly recommend that you just get out there and look at those and start to think about what your answers would be so that you're not caught off guard and um, going into those interviews.
1: Great. One of the things that you said that really makes um resonated was that you're interviewing them. And you know, we say that all the time. We talk about it all the time. And so in the federal government, same exact thing. You are also interviewing Mm -hmm. your interviewer. You want to make sure this is a good fit for you for sure. Uh, A couple different points or questions for you that came up while you were talking just now for me. Is there a referral? process or referral bonus like for internal employees we do that a lot in on the commercial side where you know if you work at a capital 1 or you know pick any commercial company usually there is like an internal a referral bonus for an internal employee to refer someone is there, is there anything like that? No.
2: <laughs> no, but I would be the first one. I'm taking that idea. Um, I definitely heard that on the private sector. But no, there's not because we have a fair and a, we promote um, merit systems principles. If you've never gone out and seen what our core foundations of the hiring process are, I highly recommend that you go to... Um, my my co lead director definitely loves to quote it. I can't quote things like he does, but um, it's five um, USC said so the United States Code 2301 and 2302, and those are our merit systems principles, and they are what guide us um, to ensure that we're providing a fair and equitable process, um, hiring a device, a diverse group of of candidates and, and and new federal servants um into the, the government um but then we also have prohibited personnel practices so things um some of the things that um one of it one of, we talked about earlier about um the um nepotism being a part of it so there are consequences um, when they are identified to you having those things so get out there educate yourself on in what our foundational um, core looks like as far as our guiding principles and um, and that's that's what we that's what we do we are accountable to you the taxpayer um, to ensure that you understand our processes um, that you are receiving a fair and equitable process and there are definitely um, procedures in place for you to file grievances um, and things like of that nature if you ever feel that your your rights have been violated so we have tons and tons of things going on to, you know, to try and ensure that those things don't happen. But you educating yourself um, only equips you as a private sector or even as a federal employee to ensure that you're getting exactly what we what we promise to provide.
1: That's that's uh, such a good answer. I had no idea and. It's, it's just so different, you know, on the, on the commercial side, that's just standard, you know, for years. Um, so it's very, very interesting that on mm. the um, federal side, it does not happen at all. So mm. Keith, thank you for letting me know that JAG means Judge yeah. Advocate General, Military Lawyers. Thank you for that. I really, really, um, I love to understand what acronyms mean. Mm. Um As anticipated, more questions than we have time. So I I have a couple more. I'm going to put up a couple more up here uh, to try to get through some of these people. This is a really good one, I thought. Um, There was one about recruiters reaching out. Let me get to it. There's one here um, that it's coming from a LinkedIn does the federal government have a pipeline? I'll go up. Let's see. There is a question about keeping resumes in your database. BB wants to know, how long do you keep the resumes in your database? Do you look in the history databases to see how many time an applicant has applied?
2: So OPM can pull the statistics um we don't as an agency typically look at stuff like that. It may differ between agencies um, I know that um, there are definitely some things pulled in order to see um, you know how we can track our hiring trends um, applications etc that's that's a great question BB. Um, that would be a question that I would recommend that you provide in an OPM forum um so going into perhaps one of those resume writing classes that OPM holds and um, from USA jobs and ask them that specific question. Um, as the governing body for HR processes, the Office of Personnel Management um, is they own right. USA jobs, um, but they also own our policies um, and the governance behind the laws that come through. So I would say, how long do we keep them um, indefinitely um, as far as in USA jobs? But that's your property. We do have records um, distribute, distribution, records disposition. Thank you. Um, We do have records disposition in our own HR offices. Offices, so you know, um, depending upon what that looks like, it's typically about five years. Um, So if anything's printed or kept on our files, we do get rid of things. Um, But as far as do we look back at the history, um, that would be something that OPM would need to answer.
1: And then another question here coming in. In the last few days, I've had many recruiters reach out to me to offer federal jobs. Is there a list of recruiters who work with federal agencies or DHS specifically? (laughs) And I think you are, well, you're not representing DHS. You, you know, you're representing that this is a volunteer organization called Federal career connection, even though Julie does work in, I believe, the DOD, but she's talking specifically on behalf of this organization, which is a group of people um, who bring their expertise to volunteer it. So I'll chime in with that piece. Um, But yeah, I'm curious about this. Are there third party recruiters that, because usually I know, you know, we have government contractors, which is a different, Mm -hmm. you know, space. So yes, you're working your end client is a federal, maybe the federal government, but you're working mm-hmm. through like some kind of contractor. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious about this one. Are there federal lists of federal recruiters?
2: I have never seen one, but after this, I will um, definitely get back to you on that. So you can um, re-inform the community of the answer. Um, so we can talk collectively as a group. I've never personally seen one, but I am one individual um, and that does not mean that there aren't on um, agency specific sites that there aren't lists of recruiters. Um, for DHS specifically, I would definitely get a hold of, of their website and, and start to look at their HR um, information because there is a plethora of information out there um, to get p- different positions. So I'm sorry I'm not directly able to answer that um, question. I do know specifically for individuals with disabilities which if you have not explored that hiring authority, I would highly recommend that you do. It applies to more people than you would think. Um, and that's a great way to get your, yourself into the federal government as well. Um, but they do have a list of what we call um, disability program coordinators. And that's on um, OPM's website. And so you actually do have direct links to individuals who will assist those to assist anyone who qualifies under that authority um, into helping them find a federal position. Cool.
1: So so I want to be cognizant of your time. I think we can probably get one other question or two in. Um, Somebody already said, and we knew this was going to happen. So when Julie and I were talking yesterday, we were like, this is going to be part one. We know we're going to have to bring her back like I already Yay. knew it and someone's already said we should have an interview process and question a quick interview process and questions in the breaking into cybersecurity podcast so Claudia we
2: anticipated yes. it Julie <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you'll be back I um, would have to be back that would be my first pr- so yeah I would love to have my co-lead on as well to give you his perspective Alex. Um, he yes. is a veteran um he's not only um, within federal service, but he is a veteran himself. So I think to those of you who are, are veterans have left federal service, he's a he's a great resource for, for that different perspective because there's not one right way of doing it. My way um, and the things that I've provided today are just one outlook and you'll get lots of different outlooks um, as you go about it. But the biggest thing is educating yourself on the process Making sure that you know what authorities are available to you, and knowing what job series you qualify for.
1: Absolutely, wow. and then well, also lightning round. So yeah, we we you have to come back, and and we're focusing. Okay. You know, the breaking into cybersecurity series. We're trying to get more federal um, people on here because um, Chris, my co-host Chris Fullon, and and myself, we don't really have that. We're not. You know, government experts like we've I've worked with government contractors a ton. You know, currently working with contractors, but actual like to get into the federal government space is sure. a whole different world. So definitely want to talk to the experts in the space, and you're the expert. Alex is the expert. We have some Joy Brown from the D from a uh, Department of Homeland Security. She's going to oh, be awesome. hopefully coming in. Do you know Joy?
2: No, but it's not. I've I've, I've heard the name, but I don't know her. So I'm (laughs) sure that'll be a fantastic Amazing.
1: Amazing. Yeah, Yeah, we're just getting, trying to get that approved now for people from Department of Homeland Security. So we want to continue to really open this up because I believe there's so, so many people who would love an opportunity, you know, to get into the federal government, but can't figure out how or, you know, so we really, really want to provide that service to this community, especially if we're talking about people breaking into the field. There's so many opportunities out there. Like we, we
2: have to figure out how to make this
1: happen. So Julie, Absolutely. any final words before we leave? I'm gonna, you know, I already sucked up a ton of your time today. We are super excited for you to be here and answer all these awesome questions any couple pieces of advice i know we didn't even get to clearances which i know that was going to be i know
2: (laughs) i feel like i've taken all your time i hope that you have all have found this to be educational and hopefully um maybe just um, for those of you who haven't been um, applying for positions recently maybe this hopefully will entice you to apply for positions and and get your federal resume together um but definitely reach there are a ton if you're in the dca area or even if you're not um There are a lot of organizations that that help you navigate this process. It's not just USA Jobs and OPM. Um, There are definitely um, different types of of podcasts, um, webinars, things like that that are going on virtually right now, not only at the agency level, but at a volunteer level as well um, because our public service transcends our work um, from nine to five. So you'll find a lot of um, HR specialists Managers, experts um, throughout their career are coming into the volunteer piece of it as well because we know all the things we've talked about today. Um, so I have to do a pitch. If you have any questions, we would love to see you at Federal Career Connection. And um, we are virtual right now and we meet the first and second Tuesdays of every month. The second Tuesday, though, is office hours. And so we actually do breakout sessions with hiring managers that are the experts on our team. We have an HR, um, Ask HR, where you can we can delve into different um, questions that you have specific about the process. We have a career coach. Alex is an amazing career coach and we have a few others that are as well. Um, and then we have a recruiter's perspective. So, and a resume um, question person who can help you um, delve into specifics that you may have. So, Please, thank you so much for posting the link when I I will have all of our information on the um, um, handout that I'll provide to you as well, Renee, and uh, we would love to see you and help you start navigating this process, but it's also a great way to network. Um, We have tons of people coming through um, to give you a different perspective on their hiring um, participation in the hiring process. Um, but just their walk in the private sector as well. Um, we help people through career transition, but we're, we're here to help you in any way that we can. So come check us out. We're meeting on the 14th. So next Tuesday at 630. Um, and so we'll give you the information to come and see us. Um, we have active blogs. And that we get a plethora of different people from different career fields, um, different aspects of HR and um, across agencies to come in and write for us. Um, and help answer some of the questions we've answered today. So thank you so much for giving me the privilege to speak to you today. And I look forward to some additional conversations as we go forth.
1: Absolutely. We'll be back. We'll be back.
2: Thank thank you. Well, we will have to see when, when I'm telling you, we have been so busy in HR. COVID has really, um, Thrown us for a loop. I'm really yeah. starting yeah. to strategize not only our internal processes, but what kinds of outreach we're doing from a recruiter standpoint, and how to help managers get the right talent that they need to support um, any kind of initiatives that are going on because of COVID or any emerging missions that we have, such as cybersecurity. Um, so, lots of things going on in HR. That keep us busy and up at nights. This working at home has—I'm um, sure all of you know—it's—it's it's, it's definitely um, helped to keep us online a little while longer. So, um, please, I thank you so much for for inviting me, and I wish you all the best of luck in your hiring and um, application processes. Um, everyone on my team can tell you that it is possible, um, it just—it just takes a little bit of diligence a little bit of research and a little bit of time on your part. And so I can't wait to have you alongside me as a public servant sometime in the near future.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Everyone's saying how much they appreciate you. And so do
2: I. We will have
1: her back. No questions.
2: <laughs> I will be better prepared. I will be starting to network and see what kinds of specific information I can bring to you too. <laughs> no, um, you're totally
1: prepared. This was awesome. Like and like I shared, you know, people are coming in with their different questions and you know, you, you just being able to give us a glimpse into behind the scenes of what happens is just, you know, inform- I mean, everyone's thanking you so much for the information oh, because you we don't know. So everyone, again, federalcareerconnection.com. Con- um, yeah. Julie's there. She's the deputy program director. Alex Harrington, who is the program director. Hopefully we can get him on soon, but, you know, Either one of these wonderful people will be back here on our Breaking Into Cybersecurity podcast live stream to answer your questions. Absolutely. So thank you so, so much, Julie. Really, really appreciate it. And um, we will see you next time. And everybody else, folks, cybersecurity people, I will see you tomorrow in our little mashup podcast series. So, all right. Thank you so much, Julie.
2: Thank you, Renee. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye.